0: Hello, everybody. So this is episode two with Ed, Ask Ed. Uh, So this is the full picture business and property secrets. The reason that it's called secrets is because we're getting professionals in to offer their secrets to help you out either within business or within property and how they interlink. So again, Ed, thanks very much for coming back. Always welcome. Appreciate it. In the last episode, if you've not listened to it, Ed breaks down what is an EPC, uh, but also the best hacks and how you can make sure that you're going to make, um, well, the most cost efficient ways of of improving your EPC. And it's important because it will increase the value of your home, uh, make it more sellable. um, But also then if you're a landlord, you meet in the correct uh, legislation, which is coming out and get the best finance. Mm -hmm. In this next one, though, we're going to help you out with grants. So this one is all about grants and how you can find grants. And also talk about who, who's eligible for them and who's not eligible for them. So thanks again, Ed, for coming to talk about grants. I think Thank you should just jump straight in and say, what are the grants for EPCs and how they can be utilised? So specifically, there's no
1: not necessarily grants for the EPCs, but grants for the properties to improve the, the energy rating. If you are a homeowner, uh, then there are lots of grants out there. Um, my mum is a prime example lovely lovely lady decent amount of money in the bank and all that kind of fun stuff owns her own home no benefits she actually because of a health condition that she she got a few years back she's actually entitled to get external wall insulation on her property Um, I can explain how that kind of thing works for everybody uh, as well but there are loads of grants out there for anybody that owns their home there are some for rental properties as well um but yeah the government's kind of view is that if it's a rental property strictly speaking their view is the landlord should pay for
0: those energy efficiency measures yeah and i totally get that and and the reasoning why but i'm hoping that there might be something that they can do for certain ones and we'll try and touch on that um but let's talk about the types of grant you mentioned a few now but what what are they paying for uh, insulation, uh, the heating ones, are the energy, like yes. uh, retrofitting certain bits? And- Absolutely. So, yeah, everything
1: is is retrofit. Uh, so, it will be upgrades to boilers, upgrades to electric heating. So, from panel heaters to uh, what's called the high heat retention storage heaters, uh, air source heat pumps, solar, internal, external wall insulation, underfloor insulation, of course, loft insulation, cavity wall insulation. If you have it's typically in your Victorian houses. You've got a, a roof room. Uh, then you can have room in the roof insulation as well. So there's a number of different um, measures out there that you can get. And do these grants pay fully or is it partial? How how does that work? Great question. Yeah. So it it depends on a property by property basis. Basis. Excuse me. So uh, it used to be that your property would qualify. You know. Uh, nowadays you've got to jump it a certain a certain uh, number of points. If your circumstances are what people typically associate to grants, i.e., you're on benefits, then you're pretty much guaranteed you don't have to pay anything because these are people that they're normally on benefits because they're on very low fixed incomes and have health conditions and such like. When you are looking at a property, uh, so with a deemed score survey, as it has been for a number of years. They look at the property in that, what type of property is it, what construction is it, how many bedrooms are there. You know, Those factors will then determine what's the amount of funding that an installer can get for that particular measure or those particular measures. So if this is generally the way it works, the bigger the house, the less chance you have got of having to pay any contribution. If you are in a one-bedroom, two-bedroom, mid-terrace house or flat or something like that, there's a lot less funding for the installer. And so the chances are high you would be asked to contribute. Which is strange because I thought it had been the opposite way around. It used to be. It used to be. It, that, that's one of the things which a lot of people in the industry are kind of you know, scratching their heads over going, why? Why have the powers that be done yeah, it that way? No. But yeah. they have,
0: and that's, that's how it is. Well, that's the government for us, Exactly. Uh, nothing we could do about it, and nothing Ed can do about it, apart from he can uh, give you the best advice ever. Yeah. Uh, so, when we're talking about these grants, how do how do people find these grants? Okay, most common way
1: is people will typically nowadays do a Google search. What they will find in that is they'll have all these companies, you know, that will fill out your details here, and then they'll be flooded with phone calls. The a lot of those. People you're speaking to are just marketing companies. They will say we are such and such energy, such and such a company. They might tell you they are the installer. It's very rarely true. Okay, Um, so just be mindful of that. So my advice would be, I mean, I know I'm slightly biased in this. You can of course come to me. I I work with a number of installers and have done for a long time, and I know great great firms that do great work. You know, which I have actually sent family you know, send them to my family's homes and things like that. So these are good people that do great work and look after their customers as well. Um, So, but you can just do a general search. But if you are going to do that, if that's your choice, my recommendation is this. You ensure that you're speaking direct to the installer. So if you want to do a Google search, just make sure that you are speaking to the company that is actually going to do the installation. You are not speaking to X, Y and Z marketing company um because you're there's just another step in and an unnecessary step as well in, in the process great tip what a great
0: mm-hmm. tip that is uh, but i would also say speak to ed um <laughs> i appreciate I that <laughs> i know he's my friend but yeah ed ed knows his stuff uh which we're going to go on to um in fact we can talk about it a bit now but we okay. in one of the later episode we're going to be talking about ed and who who is ed um but you used to work for these grant companies as well didn't you
1: I did, I did. I it was uh, I, I used to be a salesman. The last thing I was selling was solar panels and i got a great passion for for solar panels and all their great benefits. This was back when the feed-in tariff, you know, was was at its highest and you know, life was good. Um so great passion for that. And then I just took a, a, a sort of a, a detour. Um lost a little bit of love for the sale the sales side of things when uh, it was like they were trying to make it more like a double glazing sales thing, and that's really not what I want to associate myself with. Yeah. Um, so I got into the surveillance side of things. Well, although I should say, actually, initially I started door-to-door to say, hey, do you want free cavity wall and loft insulation? And at that time, I worked with an agency. So this is where I got very firsthand experience of just how terrible the agencies and these middle people can be and how they can screw things up and mess customers around. So I did that initially wised up as we do as we go through life and then started working directly with installers Uh, built a fantastic relation reputation and relationship with these installers Um, and then realized at that time a part of the process where the grants were you would have an assessment done as okay yes you need cavity wall or loft insulation and so there would be my stage if you like and then after that i was then paying for somebody to do an epc so I thought, why am I doing that? Why, you know, a little bit of greed. I was thinking, why do I not just train? And then I can do, in you know, that one time with the customer, with the homeowner, with the tenant, I can do everything. I can do the, my assessment, the EPC, can do all of that. And then I'm just passing it on as what they call a works-ready order to the installer. So then there's two stages. There would have been me doing my thing. And then the next thing is the installer saying, hey, can we come along on such and such a date to do
0: the installation? And that was it. So
1: that's how things have been for a good long while
0: now. Yeah, that's good. And that's why I love that story. And I thought it just important to get it out there, that you know both sides of things. And you've seen the good bad and the ugly. Um, and that's why you do what you do now rather than what yeah. you did in the past. So, well, a bit of a detour to, to the questions I've got. Um, but getting back on track, because again, I want to keep this short, sharp and sweet for the people that are listening to make sure that they gain as much from this uh, as possible. So we talked about how to find them. Then it's like, how? What's the scope, and how do then people apply? And when I say scope, I'm talking the eligibility of it. And I know we've touched on it a little bit, but who's eligible? Who's not eligible? Um, All right. Homeowner versus the rental market, Uh, and that's because it can be a bit of a minefield. And some people think they can get it, and they start factoring things in when they can't get them. So there's so homeowners.
1: um, If I start with them just initially, so homeowners you if you've got some form of benefit is pretty much green light you're you know you, you've got it okay because of whatever the reason that you have the benefit the disability or whatever it may be um so there's that if that is not the case which i touched upon uh with my mother okay my mum does not claim any benefits whatsoever this is you know as I say, she's done very well for herself in life but she had a health condition or has a health condition um, so if you have any mental health cardiovascular or respiratory hers was a, a Cardiovascular uh, thing. Because of that, and because of her age being 76 years old, and because it happens that she's not a multimillionaire, then because of that, she is innate, uh, you know, entitled to get at uh, her property. She could get external wall insulation underfloor insulation. If she wanted, she'd get a replacement boiler. Um, she only, you know, she only wants to go with the external wall insulation, so that's going through the process now. And then Onto the social market, which is just social uh, landlords, they will do things themselves. So they could be workers, you know, they, these people could work, they might actually earn okay, but it could still be covered through, uh, you know, because they're a social tenant, it's it's dealt with separately.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If we go on to the rental market, it's a lot more limited. I, I've touched upon um, already that. The, the general view from the government is that, you know, it's the landlord's responsibility rather than for many years prior to that, everybody, you know, landlords were getting many, many improvements to their properties for free with no contributions. Um, Green Deal being a, an example of um, that scheme, the, the landlords didn't need to pay a penny, the tenants paid for it all via uh, a, a debt attached to their bills. so government changed their their tack and said, right, it's the landlord's responsibility now. However, there is an exception to that, and that is first time central heating. So for people that are part of your group, if you have bought a property or you happen to have a property and that is, it's got mains gas to the property, it doesn't have to be connected, you know, it doesn't even have to be a meter there, but as long as mains gas is into the property, if they do not have central heating, if they have electric heating, you know, for instance, or there's no heating at all, then there is a grant that the landlords and the tenants would be able to, uh, to get. And that is where we would go and we would put all the pipework in, all the radiators in, the full heating system, all the controls, absolutely everything uh, for no contribution. And you mentioned about how do these people apply? Very simple. I receive phone calls all the time. In that phone call, I ask their, their circumstances, does anybody in the house receive X, Y, and Z? Do you have anybody that's under this age or above that age, any health conditions, etc. If the answers to those are yes, then it's like, great, I'll come along and do my survey. And then I, st- I just basically I do what I need to do. There's a form I fill out, oh, obviously we fill out together. And then I give that to the installer as a works ready order. And then you get the phone call to say, hey, can we come along
0: and install it? Or in, with some installers, I actually make that appointment whilst I'm in the property with you. Wow, so that's pretty good. And it's good to understand that it's not it's not uh, an entitlement to everybody. Uh, People aren't eligible all the time.
1: There there are local authority. Sorry, sorry, I I forgot to mention. There is a local or a few actually local authority schemes as well. So this is where my mum would qualify because she doesn't get any benefits. There are local authority schemes. Now each different local authority has a different income threshold. St. Helens is an example uh, I tend to use because the, the figure just seemed to be kind of crazy to me. So St. Helens, at the time, it was 37, I think a half 37,500 pounds. It was a single lady living in this property. Her husband had passed away. He was a retired teacher. She was a retired teacher. She had both of those pensions um, coming into the household. Nobody else lived in the property. She had a, a you know, health complaint. She qualified under a local authority scheme. And the the um, threshold for, from the local authority was does you know the ho- household as a whole earn thirty seven and a half thousand pounds or or less and if it was yes you got the grant and if it was no then you didn't it was deemed that you have enough money to do it yourself so each local authority is different so mm-hmm. you know what I mean it, that that's something where you really do need to speak to someone such as myself or the installer explain your circumstances and all your tenants, you know, circumstances, then I or they can say to you, yes, something can be done or unfortunately, I'm sorry, nothing can be done. And that way you're saving your money. You're not, as the owner of that property, you're not having to shell out money or if you're doing this on your own property, you're not having to shell out money unnecessarily. Potentially you could have gotten these
0: things either heavily
1: subsidized or free.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's the tips that we, we, we want to give out to people because what we want to do is make sure that you get what you're entitled to. Improve yes. your living because it's going to improve your living. It's going to reduce your bills as mm-hmm. well because you're getting insulation. Um, but also help you grow, say if you've got a business as well. So say if you start out business. Uh, you need to improve where you're living. It's gonna mm-hmm. cut your bills down, which then means you can do more hours, or it's gonna cut your cost of living down, which means you can put more energy into your business. This is what it for. Um those working with social housing though, uh, landlords, uh, just be mindful that you can get get some um grants or eligibility to get grants. Um I do believe there's some requirements and again I was I was gonna to touch on this, it's local authority. Yes. Um, so there are certain requirements that change per local authority. So just remember, it's it's not a minefield, but there's things that you need to know. So yeah, just just
1: reach out, ask the question, and you know, and then you'll be fine. You can go from there,
0: I'm fully in the knowledge and protecting, as GAS says, your money, your investment. Exactly. So thanks again, Ed. Uh, We'll cut this one um, and keep it short, sharp and sweet because we've got lots more to add over the next few episodes uh, to keep people safe. And I want to make sure that we're keeping them engaged, which I know they will be because you're offering amazing advice. Um, But I want to make sure that they get all the value that they can. But appreciate it, Ed. Thanks very much for coming. Again, how can they find you? Uh, So give me a call on
1: 07725 335 436.
0: Email ed at ask Ed uk or the website is ask-ed.co.uk amazing thank you appreciate your time uh, you. everyone eds given this time for free uh, just to come out and help you all come along so thanks really appreciated awesome thank you